Welcome to We Hear Her. I am Erin Trenbeth Murray. And I am Jennifer Bean. We're here today with another amazing woman who's sharing her story and insights to lessons learned. Hi everyone, welcome back. I am Jennifer Bean and I'm here today with Emily Bell McCormick. She does wonderful things in our community and I cannot wait to introduce you to her. Please meet Miss Emily. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Yes, absolutely. I think like- Who are you? <laughs> who am I? This is the mystery, the mystery right. question. I'm trying to decide who I am. I'm like, I agree. So can we actually push pause? Like, I know, go to let me go figure minute? it out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be right back in a couple years. Years. Um, you know, I have probably like many women, taken many different paths to kind of find the one that I'm on right now. Yep. And I currently do policy work surrounding mostly like women's issues in the state of Utah. Some oh, at the national level, but mostly in the state with a specific focus on menstrual policy. So policy around menstruation and periods. Yes, I yeah. I have actually recently learned more than I thought I needed to know oh, yeah. about this because you also work with Kristen Andrus. Right, yeah. And tell us a little bit about the nonprofit that you guys have going. Is it Sister Goods, is that? Yes. Am I remembering yes. that right? Okay. So we actually, this is funny. So um, I started into menstrual policy about four years ago and founded a little organization called The Policy Project. Okay, yes. And then Kristen, who's a good friend, um, took a totally different angle and went about like collecting products, like getting product donations, fundraising for product donations for the food So that bank. you could actually get it in the hands of these girls and women. Precisely. Yeah. And so because the need, like the men, like obviously menstruation doesn't stop for anything as we are, are all very <laughs> We're well aware. aware. <laughs> We're very well aware of that problem. And so um, there was this immediate need to like get it into the hands of women ASAP but also a long-term need, like this problem isn't gonna go away. We've gotta like deal with this at like a state level sure. and ensure that women in our state have it. So Kristen started Sister Goods and I had the policy project and we just kind of joined forces I because love. it was the best of both worlds, you know? We're right. able to care for the immediate need, but also grow this into something where we have our state and government officials recognizing that this is not gonna stop for the girls and women in our state, sure. for everyone who mentions. Sure. Yeah. So on the policy side of it, what are you finding out are the sort of the biggest roadblocks and and yet why do you keep pushing? What will it do for us if we can change some of the policy? Oh, I absolutely love those questions. Those are like million dollar questions right there. Um, you know, the biggest thing is that when you think about menstruation, and, and I'm gonna answer your second question first. You sure. think about menstruation and you think about how it affects people, right? Like you look at the population of the actual planet and half of us menstruate, right? Right. Actually, half of the people alive menstruate, right? So we've got this right. like fundamental need. You menstruate for about 40 years in your life. And it's something um, that, that although it happens, it's been taboo. And so when sure. you talk about roadblocks, it's been a weird one because everyone knows about it. In every but yet culture. we're not talking about it. We are not talking not about even it. as women. I think sometimes as no. women, even like I have two daughters. Yeah. And it's like, you know, tuck it in your bag. This is how you walk to the bathroom when you when oh, you yeah. have your period that week. You know, it's it is taboo and yeah. we don't want people to know about it, but yet we need our voice to be heard. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so that you hit upon just the most interesting facet of this, and that is when you're trying to express this need to a legislature or to Congress, um, you hit up against a roadblock that historically legislatures and Congress have been mostly male. That's true. Nothing That's wrong true. with that. Right. 
except that this has never been brought up before. Right? And it's not their issue. It's not their issue. And actually, this is to such an extreme that it there's actually the sentiment that like, not only is this not our issue, it's not our place to talk about it. You know, fair. Yeah, there's a difference there. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so it's been an interesting one because you see um, that that men in the past and historically have either avoided this feeling like this is not our place this is a woman's place. We don't want it like sometimes out of respect, sometimes out of oversight, rarely out of malice, but usually like we're, we're being overlooked regardless. Right, right. And so, you know, we have more women in politics now, and that absolutely helps a lot of causes that help women that move that forward yeah has been just overlooked really um until three or four years ago like no one was doing anything about this sure no one was talking about it so it's a weird it's a funny area in policy where it's like here's this thing that is so basic basic yeah we all know that if you don't take care of this you're not going to your meeting you're not going to class right you're not going to your job you know you're not interrupted yeah Yes, yeah. exactly. Like you're not standing in this line at the grocery store. You're leaving wherever yeah. you are. And and so although we are all aware of that, we just haven't talked about it. So that's why it's kind of this interesting like policy sure. to work on. Sure. And what do you think, what, what message do you think is being heard? Because clearly it's rising to the surface yeah. and, and people are starting to listen and understand. And what do you think is catching their attention? Yeah, that's a really good, another really good question because, um, it's been brought up a little in the past. We worked on something called the tampon tax, which was getting rid of the sales tax on oh, right. period products. Right, right, right. And that actually got passed in the state of Utah, but then got turned Overturned. over a month later. Yeah. Right. And that was rough. Um, but I think that that kind of helped soften the ground a little bit sure. to the idea that this is something that isn't going to go away. Like, we're going to continue to talk about this until this is taken care of. Right. And as far as softening the ground, I, I think that there is starting to be... Um, room for men to fill a part of the conversation. That's a big part of this. Welcomed in. Yeah, absolutely. Invited to take part in yeah. what the issue really yeah. is. And that's super important. And and also room for women to not feel embarrassment when talking about it. Sure. So some of that stigma is starting to die. You know, it's funny, you mentioned your daughters and I was talking to my son who's a teenager. <laughs> yeah. And he says, you know, he sees girls in his class, just grab a tampon and walk to the bathroom. And I think, oh my gosh. I, I never got to do that. Oh, I would have fallen over dead before I did that, you know? And so, oh. so it's, it's a funny thing because I think once you, we can talk about statistics, like seven out of 10 girls miss school because of a lack of period products. I mean, seven out of 10. That's, That's an overwhelming majority. Yes, it's, it's someone you know, it's someone I know, maybe it was us, you know? Right, it's right, It's people exactly. that you're not expecting or experiencing this kind of thing. And yet at the same time, um, it's, it is so hidden and it's been so hard to talk about right. that I think, you know, we can talk about those statistics, but what really tends to resonate with people is when you're just telling the stories, you know, we, right. we talked about, you know, we talked to a custodian in, um, like Murray district and she was just saying when the girls get up, she's at an elementary school, when the girls get up and leave for the day that she's wiping blood off of. Seats. Oh, and you're like, this is. That's, not, That's okay. not acceptable. It's not okay because right. now she's going home and having all these other problems. And so I think although statistics are motivating, stories, they make it real. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And so to make it even more real, if your policies pass and yeah. if you get what you're shooting for, how will we see the change in our everyday lives? Oh, I think it is going to be. I, this is where I get like so excited. I can't excited. even fathom like, it. Yes, I know. I'm like, because this is I'm like, like ah. this is how it's always been. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, 
But here's the thing that's so cool about this is the effect will be so immediate. So currently we're working on getting period products into public schools, public and charter schools in the state. Perfect. That's like the current policy goal. And hopefully by the time anyone watches this, it'll be done, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but, the, but the hope with that is that once those are in schools, you know, we know that girls, like half of girls living in poverty end up having to choose between a meal and period products. So for those girls, they're not going to school when they're right. when they're menstruating. It's just off the docket. Right. And so when you think about this and you think about how it affects women's ability to be productive, their confidence, their dignity, those kinds of things, it's just so baseline fundamental. Yes, absolutely. And so although we haven't paid attention to it in the past, we know now that, that we need to, right? And so when you ask about the change, I just think immediately, we may not see it like you and I. Right. We may not see but it. But our daughters might. Our daughters are gonna see it. Our neighbors are gonna see it. You know, people who are really affected by the lack of access to period products. Yeah. That change will be so immediate. And we expect to see better graduation rates. We expect to see higher confidence, which means you've got more girls out there becoming CEOs, going to college, doing right. these things that are like- Tracking with industry. Yes. Yeah. Because when you look at the numbers, this is just a kind of a funny thing. We don't use this statistic often, but when you consider if you have an unmanaged menstruation, it's 16.4% uh -huh. of your year, right? That's an average, like okay. amount of your year that you're menstruating. If that's unmanaged, you're really 16% less able. You're operating, am I understanding that right? Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. operating at best capacity just over 75% of the time. Yeah, exactly. And so if we handicapped wow. anyone in that way, we wouldn't expect the same outcomes. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure. You and have so, to manage your expectations around that yeah. a little bit. So if we can care for that, look at what that opens up. It's it's just a bigger issue than we think because it has to do with education, has to do with workforce, you know, it has to do with public health, has to do with medical privacy. Like it touches on so oh, many issues. Yeah, medical that really, privacy. Yes, a big one right now. Yeah. But right? it has to do with so many things that help women. Yeah. Yeah. So what sparked this passion in you? Do you have daughters? I do. I have two daughters. Okay. I have two daughters. And yes, for sure that. Um, but I think, you know, I uh, several years ago was meeting with a friend who works out of Uganda okay. for an organization called Days for Girls. Yeah. And she works on menstruation and menstrual policy in like very low income countries in Africa. And, yeah. and actually now throughout the world, she's since broadened the scope. Her scope, yeah. And so it's insane. And we were, we met, she was in the States. We went to lunch, we were chatting, and she really, you know, started telling me about her work. Right. And I started thinking, this is so fundamental. Like, is there anything in the U.S. that needs to be done? I'm sure there isn't. I mean, the U.S. <laughs> is like perfect. You know? Right, right. Like, we're ahead of the curve yeah. on this. So I, I just remember like that feeling like, oh, I'm sure there isn't. But let me do my part. I'll look into what's going on here and right. just like check out what's up. So I start looking into it, and it's stuff like, you know, the IRS. Um, we, we realize that like the IRS, they tax every single item. Yes, yes. And we realized <laughs> that, you know, they there's this one exception and it's for medical necessities, right? Those are things like Rogaine, <laughs> Viagra, uh -huh. sunscreen, band-aids, like those things, as well as like prescription meds and Advil. But period products aren't a part of that? Of course, yeah, exactly. So the second you learn that, you're like, Oh, oh, oh. Oh, we've got me start 10 over. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, Give me, like, oh, we have a bigger problem uh, than I thought. Yeah, like, yeah. we're taking care of these kind of, like, desires before we're taking care of, like, women's right. needs. needs. And so, so luckily, that has been changed. We worked on some policy at the federal level, and that got Good. changed. So that's, that's done. But 
then looking at the state and just saying, you know, things like athletic games, and oh. like university athletic games, yes. you don't pay sales tax on those. Car washes, arcade tokens, all kinds of I like I am so exceptions. happy that yeah. you have your finger on the pulse of what's going I wouldn't know this. And we no, no one does. Yes, because no. we're not a third world, world country and we're okay. not all living in poverty. Even, even girls that are not are still right. affected by this. Yes, that's exactly right. And, yeah. and no one, I feel like everyone, when we talk about it, feels really surprised. And I think all the time, don't feel like you were in the dark. Literally, the light just came. I'm I know, like, and I'm sitting just, here going, why barely, didn't I know yes. about this? I'm a mother of two daughters. Totally. Right? So yes. I should have, I feel like I should have known. Yes, but there's no way you you just wouldn't have. Like, it yeah. wasn't a thing. And it, you know, it makes me curious as to what other things will come up in my lifetime. You know, like, what other things exactly. have we not noticed yet? That we just like, hey, there's actually an easy cure for this. Like, this is one of the things that is We've so just, It's just oversight, it. like you mentioned yeah. earlier. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, what else is out there that we're kind of like suffering with that's an easy fix and one that everybody can get on board, board with, with, you know, nonpartisan, right. very neutral, just like, let's take care of our people kind of a right. thing. Right, right, uh -huh. exactly. And, and allow them to contribute back to society because they now have more capacity. Right. Yeah. I love this line of thought and I love that you're taking a small issue that's actually quite large and yes. making a big deal about it. Tell me what, um, when I think about changing big things like yeah. policy, I think of le leaving a legacy. Yeah. What do you want to leave as your legacy here? Oh, that's actually a really sweet question because I've thought about this a little bit and you know you have those moments in life, especially as you get older. Right. Where you like feel your mortality, you know, you, yeah, you it, know like- Yeah, it gets closer. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you realize like you start seeing friends have real issues and you have real issues. Right. And, you know, life life happens and you know that it's, doesn't go on forever. And so I think one of those things and one of the reasons that I got involved was just like, it doesn't last forever, right? Yeah. And so can I leave this world like just a drop better Tiny than I found better. it? Yeah. And, and I don't, it's not just me. There are obviously many people, many hands working on this, but um, it's touching to me to think that like, listen, if I go out and get smashed by a bus tomorrow, they're gonna be tampons in those schools, <laughs> you know? Those girls are not gonna have to go home. And so, I helped do that. Yeah, exactly. Oh so I take some solace in just that feeling that, you know, no, and no one, there's not gonna be a name attached to it. It's not yeah. just my thing, it's everyone's thing. You but know? it's also a knowing yeah. that you did, yeah. you did something important. Yes, yeah. yes. Who is um, the, the woman that you most look up to, who's been a wonderful female role model for you? Okay, this is funny because this is like really a stretch, I'm sure, but when I was young, my mom used to read me this book about Joan of Arc. I don't know if you know Joan of Arc. Yes, I saint. do. I mean, yeah. who doesn't, right? <laughs> um, but I just remember being really young and I grew up in Utah in a suburb okay. of Salt Lake. And it was a great place to grow up. I mean, kind of an idyllic childhood. But I didn't see a lot of models of um, what women women could be outside of a home environment. I didn't see that model yes. a lot. And, yes. and, and that was okay. Like I had a fabulous youth. I had everything I needed. I was in a very privileged setting yeah. for that. But I remember reading this book, like sitting in my bed, reading this book with my mom. And me being like, wait, so you're telling me God <laughs> told like a 14 year old girl in France that she should lead an army? Okay, uh, the message is coming through. Yeah, you're like, like should I start yeah. listening yeah. more? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have I been called to do something <laughs> important? Totally, totally. But that, that feels like so far away. But as yeah. funny as that is, like my mom passed away when I was a teenager and 
Um, she had this little tapestry of Joan of Arc, and I have it hanging in my office. Oh, I love that. And I just look at it sometimes, and I think, oh, I'm nothing like Joan of Arc, so please don't misinterpret that. <laughs> Not at all. Trust me. The chances of my going to heaven are slim. But I think, <laughs> but I think, you know, I look at her, and I think it, it's more just a story of like resilience and overcoming the odds. Sure. You know, and and like surprise, like no one expected this random peasant to do right. anything. Right. You know, she didn't have any special anything. Yeah. And I think that speaks to probably all of us in the things that we're called to do. You know, just like sure. this is bigger. And so although, you know, she, she but she'll forever be just kind of a personal hero. Oh, yeah. I love that. I yeah. love that story. Because also when when you're telling me this, um, your mission, so to speak, it's with a lot of passion and a lot of excitement. And I think that's exactly what change takes totally. is someone that will fuel it yeah. because they believe in it and they know that it will make a difference in many lives, yeah. many lives. I cannot wait to see the old fashioned. Well, they probably won't be old fashioned. The, the um <laughs> sanitary napkin dispensers in the bathrooms exactly. again. <laughs> I know, won't it be happy? And this time they won't be broken. I'm exactly. Like, you won't have to find a quarter. I was gonna say, are you gonna in. charge us for it? Oh no, this no. is free. Yes. This is all about having free and free access to like safe product. And so, and you know, just with what you're saying, it makes me think it does take someone who can see it and it takes people who believe it. You know, sure. like, I've just been so touched by watching how many people when they understand the issue are like right there wanting yeah. to help, wanting to be a part. It is just truly one of life's like most touching experiences. Well, I am so happy. Thank you so much oh, for joining you. me. Thank you. And thanks for everything that you're doing out there with Sister Goods and the Policy Project, making sure that us women are being well taken care of and can operate at 100% capacity. Of course, thanks thank to you, you so much. Of course, yeah, thank you. Thank you for taking time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more at womenwhosucceed.org. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Clark and Christine Ivory Foundation.